If it's smooth jazz, then the Jazz Queen and Mike Reynolds are talking about it on Talking Smooth Jazz, the smoothest show on internet radio. Your host, the Jazz Queen and Mike Reynolds. Hello and welcome to Talking Smooth Jazz. My name is Terry, a.k.a. the Jazz Queen, along with Mike. Mike, how are you? Doing great this weekend, Terry. How's everything going out there? Good, good. Um, how's the weather for you? Oh, the weather is finally uh, changing up now, so it's not as dreary and cold as it is. It's trying to get a little warm. It's trying to get springtime now, so yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Same here. Same here. All right. It is Saturday, May 7th, 2016. Uh, welcome to the chat room, Joe from Germany. Hey, Joe. If you would like to join us in the chat room, please go to TalkingSmoothJazz.com. Click on um, interviews and then Chris Godber's picture. That will bring you into the show page, and below that is the chat room. The phone number is 646-716-5485. 646-716-5485. Scott O'Brien from smoothjazz.com says, if you've ever wondered what Kenny G would sound like if he picked up, if he picked it up, if he kicked it up a notch, excuse me, then you need to listen to this guy play. He is referring to our guest today, Chris Godber. Uh, we welcome him back with a brand new release called Starting Over. Welcome back, Chris. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. Oh, you know, we last time we talked to you was August of 2011. Wow, it hasn't long been ago. that long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, wow, yeah. Yes, definitely. So this is a really nice CD, everyone. Starting over, if you do not have this CD, I highly, highly recommend you pick this one up. It is so, so good. And you've gotten a lot of great reviews on this, Chris, as well. Charting very yes. well with, the, with with rain and chill. I mean, just a great CD all around. Well, thank you, thank you very much. Uh, a lot of work went into this, and uh, as the name implies, uh, starting over. It's just kind of a, a rebranding, a different direction uh, than than my past works, and I'm glad everyone's liking it. Oh yeah, definitely, I am for sure. So now, tell us about the vibe on this CD, and and you know your. Um, your your ideal for it. Well, it, it, this uh, this project is uh, just totally in the smooth jazz, contemporary jazz realm. Uh, in the past, you know, I've mainly been a, a gospel and R and B musician, I, and I mainly play R and B anyway. I'm not really a straight up jazz artist, but that's why uh, smooth jazz works so well uh, because smooth jazz is just uh, this uh, mixture of R and B and funk and. And, and, and gospel and, and, and all these things that intertwine to make smooth jazz what it is. And, and I've been wanting to do a, a straight ahead, you know, smooth jazz, this all smooth jazz project for a while, but you know, the timing had to be right. I, ne- I needed to meet the right musicians to, to make it sound the way I had it. So I had some of these songs I had already written uh, years ago, and uh, I, I just kind of held on to them until, until I found the right producer. And uh, uh, the guy that produces uh, Caleb Middleton, uh, he did an excellent job. And, um, and I befriended him, and we started hanging out and just recording music. And what was funny is he's produced uh, some some like hip hop and 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 projects like that, and and, and some gospel. He had never done smooth jazz before, so uh, this was a new mm. project, and it was kind of a, a fresh project since he had never done that, and uh, he wanted to. Uh, so we kind of worked together uh, uh, over time and just made these songs what they were, and then uh, co-wrote a lot of them with him. And until uh, it became what we wanted, and we just we just kept tweaking it, 
And the main thing with this project is I wanted all the songs to be able to kind of stand on their own. Um, I didn't want any filler songs. And so it took us a year and a half. We had a lot of songs left over. Uh, there ended up being 12 on the CD, 11 are originals. We did one cover of it last. And uh, we just wanted the songs to be able to stand on their own so there wouldn't be these filler songs, you know. We've all had CDs where we, like, we buy the whole album and there's, like, two or three songs mm-hmm. in there that we actually like, and the rest are mm-hmm. just, like, okay. They had to have ten songs in the CD, so they put their, you know what I mean? And I didn't want that with mine. So um, so we, we wrote and, and tried to get these really heavy, catchy hooks, and anything that didn't feel that way, we just scrapped it and put it to the side and, and, uh, and kept writing until... Um, we were confident uh, with the project, and uh, and so it, and it took a little while, but but I didn't, I wasn't in a rush, you know. I'm not on a record label. I don't have anybody telling me I have to put it out at a certain time. Uh, so I just, you know, I put it out when it felt right. Mm, okay. Now you said, um, I'm sorry, was his name Caleb? Yeah, Caleb Middleton. Oh, yeah. You had not met Caleb before. Uh, I'd play. He's actually a minister of music at a, at a church in the area, and I've played at his church before, um, but we okay. hadn't actually recorded together um, outside of that. I just played live with him. Okay, okay. So now who else is on this CD with you? Uh, another guitar player uh, that lives in the area. He's, he's oh, He writes so much. He's got a new CD coming out at the end of the month. His name's Lowell Hopper. Uh, he's played uh, some with, with me in the past, but he uh, recorded the guitar on half of this project. Um, the guitar work on the other half of the project was uh, Adam Holly, uh, whose new album is doing very well now uh, as well. He's got a hot project, and I was honored to have him on the project. He's played with everybody from, you know, Brian Culbertson and, and so many others. So uh, he's an excellent guitar player, and I'm uh, very honored to have him on there. Um, playing bass guitar was uh, Eric Lampley, and uh, he plays with a lot of people as well. So uh, that that nice bass line he put on Rain and. And a new Jack Swing and so many other ones. Uh, that's all him. <laughs> okay. Wow. Now you played at Seabreeze this year, and you got to introduce this music to that audience. How was their response to you? Uh, they were so great. It was, it was neat because I've been trying to get uh, on that stage for a long time, and and uh, you know they don't let just anybody in. You know you gotta usually be a, a heavy hitting artist to you know have those uh, ticket holders. Uh, um, yeah, let, let you in, you know. So I've been playing outside the gates of, of Seabreeze in the courtyard in Pier Park uh, there for, for quite a few years, just uh, playing for CD sales. And I've met a lot of people doing that. Uh, uh, Kim Waters, uh, Gerald Albright, uh, um, and uh, Kirk Whalum. So I, I met people out there that would come listen to me while I was playing. But with this CD, uh, Seabreeze 106.3 WSBZ, they were playing Rain a lot. And uh, it was on the chart, so they asked me to uh, open up the festival this year. I was honored to, to get that invite, and uh, was humbled by how many people were actually there when I when I uh, took stage because of the opening artist. You never know. I've played festivals with the opening slot, you know, and, and there's just not many people out there. But the cool thing about Seabreeze is, is most of these people aren't local to Panama City. They're from all over mm-hmm. the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, outside of the country. I mean, these people fly in. Because uh, they want, they're there for the music. You know, it's a four-day festival, and so they want to get their money's worth, and they're there from the gates open till they close every day. And so I had a great, uh, great audience when I when I took the stage, and we had a lot of fun, and they were very, very receptive uh, to to the music. They were really feeling it, and I and I walked off stage on uh, one of the songs, it was Sophisticated, <laughs> on the on the CD. It's a, you know, it's um like a five-and-a-half-minute song, but we we turn it into like a 12-minute song live because I walk off stage wow. and I, I serenade everybody, you know, and they're just, you know, we just get in that groove in the pocket and we just 
we just stay there, and everybody was eating it up. So I wanted to say hi to everybody, and then we ended back up on stage and finished it out. But it was great. Oh, I wish cool. I could have gone and, and and been there to see you play. Wow. Yeah. Well, hopefully there will be more. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. You know, I've I've heard a lot about you and everything. And like uh, you mentioned earlier, you know, uh, Adam Hawley, he mentioned the fact that you were on this, um, you know, that you were on his CD as well. But I wanted to know, like, how does a military kid traveling around and being from Germany, how did you pick up the saxophone and kind of um, get in into, you know, jazz music? Well, I guess I'm an old soul, but um, <laughs> my my dad was Air Force, and we lived in Germany uh, when I was uh, a young lad. And that was in the uh, the 80s, and we only had one channel on the TV uh, where we lived. We lived in uh, this small town in Germany called Eisenach. I was off of a, a base called Bitburg, which has since closed down. Uh, but we had cows across the street, German landlords, like the whole legit country German, Germany experience, you know. And so uh, we only had one channel that we picked up on the TV, so you know most of our entertainment didn't come from television. It came from music. And um, we listened to all kinds of music. We wrote to a lot of gospel. But the, the, the sax player that my parents really liked to listen to was Kenny G. And so he was getting really popular in the 80s, and that's when I grew up listening to. And it made me want to play the saxophone. So by the time I was old enough to pick up the sax, we were living in uh, Charleston, South Carolina. So I uh, picked up sax in middle school, um, but it was kind of against doctor's orders because my doctors told me I wouldn't be able to play it because I have asthma. And uh, so they tried to talk me out of it because I was the kid with the inhaler uh, that couldn't do PE and all these things. And uh, so they kind of tried to discourage me from that, telling me that, you know, to play piano or something that wouldn't take as much air. Um, but I really wanted to play sax, you know, because I, I had that, that mindset from listening to Kenny G. And uh, Phil Driscoll was a trumpet player I like to listen to as well. And uh, so I really wanted to do that. And so my parents got me a saxophone and just said, you know, do your best with it, try it. And, uh, and really, I just had to give it to God and just ask him to bless it, um, that if he would let me play, um, I would play for him. And, and uh, he used it to strengthen up my lungs, the positive mm. pressure to blow a saxophone, uh, strengthen up my lungs from the inside out. And so uh, I started in sixth grade, and by eighth grade, I was the first chair sax player in, in my band there in Charleston, South Carolina. And as I like to also remind people, I was also the only sax player in my band in Charleston, South Carolina. So um, it was a real small band by the time I got to eighth grade and uh, had a great teacher. It was a new teacher. Uh, his name was Mr. Espinosa. Uh, he may have been an angel in disguise because I've never been able to locate him since then. But uh, he was a bit of a pushover, and so the teachers or the, the students um, just kind of use it as a, stu- a study hall. And he's like, well, if you don't want to learn, you don't want to have you know, band concerts like you've always done. Uh, that's fine, but I'm here to teach you. And so I said, I want to learn. So he brought his alto sax and worked with me every day uh, my whole eighth grade year. So I got one-on-one lessons there, <laughs> and that's the last lesson I've ever had. I've been self-taught the rest of the way. Uh, playing oh, wow. Thing. So, so I, I kind of play different than a lot of other sax players do because I've kind of had to figure it out on my own the rest of the way and kind of mm-hmm. develop my own sound and my own style. Uh, and, and so um, I just kind of fell in love with smooth jazz and R&B because I really would have loved to have been a singer, but that's just not the, the gift God blessed me with. So I try to use <laughs> the saxophone as, as my voice. If I were a singer, that's kind of how I would try to sing. So I try to treat it like that. And uh, I like a lot of Motown music as well, and uh, kind of the 70s era, the Al Green stuff. And 
And so uh, that R&B side kind of influences my music as well. And so smooth jazz just seems to be the most logical niche for me to fit in. Mm. Well, I'm glad to hear that playing the saxophone has strengthened your lungs. Um, you know, so I'm I'm guessing that that has cut down a lot on your asthma uh, problems and issues. Um, Absolutely. Playing, I so. mean, I, I still have asthma, you know, um, mm-hmm. on, the, on the flip side, God has a sense of humor. And when I'm not playing the sax, I'm a respiratory therapist. And so mm-hmm. I can understand uh, kind of how, how that works and, and how that helps. Um, but, you know, asthma is not one of those things you outgrow of. Um, a lot of people think yeah. you do, but, but really once it's there, it's there. It kind of can go dormant for a while. But the sax one has really strengthened up my lungs to where I'm not having to be on uh, the corticosteroids and, and inhalers and all the medications I used to take. You know, I have a rescue inhaler if I need it, but for the most part, I might use it a couple times a year, and that's it. Do you ever find yourself out of breath when you play? I, I think I think everybody does if they're doing it right. But, but, uh, <laughs> but I mean, with the but, asthma, but, but, does no. it? With the asthma, no. does it make it uh, okay? No, okay. no. I just you know we we have such a good time on stage and we're going at it sometimes and, and after a song I'm trying to talk I'm like ooh I gotta slow down but but uh, <laughs> but no the asthma doesn't seem seem to to slow me down. Uh, it, it took me 16 years but I learned how to do uh, circular breathing. And uh, okay. that's really helped a lot. So. <laughs> okay, good, good. All right, well, let's listen to some music. Uh, I'm going to start with Rain. Uh, okay. Tell me about this one. Uh, this is uh, one of the ones that I, I wrote with Kayla Middleton, and this was our, our first single. And uh, um, it's just a, a really catchy hook. And you got that. We, were, we wrote the songs, and then we're trying to come up with names for them. Uh, and he had that nice rain stick vibe in the first couple of seconds as it's introducing us. So we'll, we were going to call it Tropical Rain, uh, but then uh, uh, you can't copyright song titles, but I know Jesse J had a song called Tropical Rain. I said, well, I don't want to sound like I'm copying other sax there, so let's mm-hmm. just call it Rain. So I've got a lot of one-word titles on this album, but uh, that's that's where we get the name. It's called Rain, but it's okay. a, a catchy song. Yes, it is. And Jazz Moods Radio says about Rain, Chris Godbert has literally raised the bar on this year's Summer Jazz singles with his latest release CD starting over and the first single called Rain. With a style as smooth and funky straight out of, straight out of Boney James' playbook, Chris holds his own, hitting it out of the park with a delicious groove with a robust bass line and buttery sax that is a pleasure with each uh, listen. This is Rain.
Joe in the chat room says, that's really high-quality music. I listened, I listened to the whole album already, and I like it. And I was like, yes, it's so good. <laughs> like well, thank you. Very nice. <laughs> thank you. Yes, I agree so much, so much. So now I, I looked at a video, uh, one of your videos on YouTube, and you were saying how this uh, CD was four years in the making. And... Um, you know, because you had already written some of the music and you were waiting, I guess, on some of the artists uh, to be able right. to play and record. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was a really it's, nice uh, video. It's, a, it's a, game, a game of patience, you know. I wrote some of these uh, these songs and just uh, you sit on them for a little while, let them mature, you know, like a, like a good wine or something. You know? <laughs> and then when the timing's right, they just kind of just kind of happen. Uh, so so we, we did that with this project. Um, once Once we had all the songs, it took a good hour and a half and some of that was was waiting on on, on people and and things but also my daughter was born uh during that time oh. and uh, she was born uh, april 2014 she just turned two uh, last oh. month and so <laughs> so so there was a lot going on in the midst of it so uh, that put some things uh, on hold for a little bit uh, but uh but it all worked out and i'm glad it did you know i'm glad we didn't rush it um i'm glad glad we we took our time with it and uh came out with a good product Mm, I agree. Very nice product too. Very nice. <laughs> now, now I gotta ask you too, Chris. Now, as an independent artist that's you know uh, from the uh, Florida area right now, uh, what is what do you, what do you see as some of the challenges for an independent artists to kind of make it into the mainstream as far as uh, you know getting on the major festivals and things like that? Yeah, that, that's a great question. Um, I see the biggest thing of it is from a, from my personal experiences from a financial standpoint. Uh, you know, being an independent artist, there's different levels of being independent. Some people have sponsors and they're just not on a label and they still make their own decisions but, but they have people giving them financial backing or maybe they have a booking agent and they do everything else on their own. Um, for me, I'm, I'm, when I say I'm independent, I am totally independent. <laughs> and not necessarily by choice, it's just I, I hadn't had anybody uh, coming forth opening their wallet. Um, so, so like I'm, I'm gonna have to fund everything. I um, I did a crowdfunding with this project uh, that helped me pay uh, for some of the final production to get um, some some bigger studios to to mix and, and uh, master the project. Um, but I think as an independent artist, uh, a lot of it comes from uh, the financial uh, liability, I guess, having to fund the project uh, and then not having that big budget behind you to market it. Um, because no matter how good your project is, if you don't have a marketing budget, nobody will ever hear it. And I had to learn that the hard way with my earlier projects. Um, that you even put it out there on iTunes and Amazon, it's like, how come nobody's buying it? Well, nobody knows about it, you know. <laughs> so it, it takes it takes a lot of money to put that in front of people. And there's lots of different avenues to do it. And, and really uh, doing a little bit with all of them, from magazines to, to radio uh, advertisement. But with this one, I, I used a... a, a radio promoter, uh, Jason Goro, and uh, mm-hmm. he pr- uh, promotes the album and uh, did an excellent job uh, with the two singles. I was very happy with uh, the results um, because before that, you know, I got very, very little airplay. And again, this this album is more geared for that. So, you know, I wanted to pull out all the stops for it. This is a smooth jazz album, so I wanted to make sure smooth jazz radio knew about it. And uh, he did an excellent job doing that. So most of my marketing money um, I used uh, solely for that just to get it out there um, because if you don't get it on the radio, you know, it's, it's really hard to get into those festivals because they don't know about you as an artist. And even if they hear about you, 
unless they see you charting, you know, it's it's sad it works like that, but it's just the, the way it is, you know, unless you're on the charts, you know, they don't think you're worth your salt or, or what have you, or they don't think you, there's that name recognition to put you in a festival. And uh, mm-hmm. and so that's that's kind of how that goes hand in hand. And, uh, you know, I didn't have a, a, a booking agent to help me with that, so I was counting on, uh, you know, getting as much radio airplay as I could, and uh, that's that's definitely what helped with it with Seabreeze and these other ones. I'm playing Tampa Bay Jazz Fest next weekend um, on the 14th, and I'm playing uh, Jacksonville Jazz Festival at the end of the month on uh, May 27th. And the radio airplay is, is what's helped a lot with those. Okay. Mike and I have uh, this conversation all the time about how um, once an artist creates a buzz for themselves, then the promoters, they kind of – take a look at that that's when they take a look at you you know once you start to start creating a buzz and, and absolutely uh, yeah then people I mean, take notice I, yeah you know um I, i've noticed that too and i think the music industry has changed so much but um you know it's the the days of of like you know talent scouts looking for talent and taking you under the wing and you know doing a, uh, an album and record this big record deal doesn't really work like that maybe with some people but um, I think now they want they want the finished product, you know, um, already. They want to see somebody that has the uh, the idealism and 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 uh, the the gung ho attitude to just uh, to go out there and do it themselves and to be able to get results and and it kind of weeds out <laughs> the the men from the boys, if you will, um, with you know the the failed attempts because you know I've, this is this is my fourth project so. So you know you don't you don't get it the first go around unless you've got a lot of money and, and help you know um, so it, it kind of weeds out uh, the the failed attempts and the people that were just going to give up but the strong-willed and the people that are determined and ambitious um, to, to to rise uh, up a little bit out of the, the ashes if you will um, it, that kind of shows the cream of the crop and then they say okay well this person you know look what they've done on their own, you know, if we give them a little bit of help, imagine what they could be. So I think, I think they kind of look at that. Um, and I have had some people reach out to me, uh, with the, the launching of this product and uh, this project and them seeing how well it's done, uh, independently. So I think that does speak, uh, a lot of volumes there. Yeah. But you know what, it, it, it kind of kills me. Like you said, you had this, your fourth, fourth city, it kills me, and you know Terry knows it that you know mm-hmm. uh, there'll be an artist that have like you know four, five CDs been out for five, six years, but then when you guys make it to these major festivals, they labeled you guys a new artist. You're like, dude, I've been out for like mm-hmm. two years. Where, where'd you get? <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, I mean, it kills me, man. It kills me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, you know, and and uh, some people think I'm younger than I am, and I and I hope that continues. And I'm I'm about to be 31, um, and that is young, but you got you know. People that sax players, you know, Vincent Gallo is like 21 or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so me, I wish I was 31. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> me too. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, but indeed. You but got I so, much, so many talented artists out there, and some people, you know, get that help right from the beginning. You know, and uh, yeah, and that's true. Keep launching out, you know. Um, but uh, I'm I'm starting to see see the light of it a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. I thought That's you were good. younger too, Chris. I did. I thought you were younger too. Now, do you want to be um, on a label? It, it depends. Um, you know that that means different things to different people. I guess it would just depend on on the label and and, and the deal at hand. Uh, the the only 
reason I would I would want to be on a label is just to, to stay to to make sure that I'm full time. You know, okay. I would want those resources okay. that 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 come with with most labels, um, and and that is just to to have that that booking agent to be able to be on tour, um, and to have that seemingly unlimited <laughs> budget of, of of marketing and production uh, that I could you know record with whoever I want to and not have to worry about how much that person charges, you know, and be like, no, I can't afford it, you know, um, to not, not have to say that, to just be able to say, yeah, I'd like to do this, um, and, and have somebody else back it. <laughs> that, that would be the, the, the benefits of that. Um, but as it is now, you know, I can, I can do whatever I want as long as I can afford it. But that's, that's the, the big thing is, is affording it. Um, and so it, it would just depend on, on, on those things. Um, if the right one came along, I probably wouldn't turn it down. Uh, unless it wasn't a good deal, but uh, I would love to be full time uh, with this. This is what I love to do, and I just want to be able to support my family with it. So that's that's okay. my dream. All right, now. Okay. You know, you beat me to my next question, but I'll I'll wait till Terry plays the song and everything. Then we'll go into the next question. <laughs> okay. Um. First, I have a phone call from Miss Wanda. Hey, Wanda. Hello, Terry. Hi. Say hello to Chris. Hey, Scott. Wanda. How are you? Good. Hey, Wanda. Hi, how are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. I just wanted to call and say hello and to let you know, of course, you know, a lot of people say, well, she knows all the saxophonists, but I just want to let you know you have landed in my top saxophonist list. Mm. Oh, wow. I'm honored. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> because, well, I have all of your music, including your Christmas CD, so hey. Okay. I appreciate the support. And you're welcome. Uh, I know you're independent, but are there any plans to come, like, in the D.C., Virginia, Maryland area? I would love to. Um, I I, I can make all those plans, but unless I have somebody that books me there, it it doesn't happen. (laughs) Um, uh, So, um, you know, if somebody books me for some events or festivals there, I would be glad to come. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm not afraid of traveling. I'm not afraid of it at all. <laughs> <laughs> mm, all right. Well, thank you for calling, Miss Wanda. I appreciate it. All right. You're welcome, and you all enjoy. And I will continue listening to Chris. I am a fan of yours for life. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And uh, I look forward to talking to you on Facebook. Oh, sure. You take care. Have All right. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks, Wanda. Goodbye. Okay, so, You're Chris, I'm going to play. Thank you. Um, I'm going to play At Last. Now, why did you choose this song? This is uh, it's kind of been a, a fan favorite at a lot of events I've been playing for years. And uh, uh, my wife absolutely loves this song and, uh, and when I play it. And, uh, and it was one I was actually going to put on my last project, but it, it got it got voted out, and uh, she's given me a hard time about it ever since, just jokingly, like, hey, you're going to put that one on there. And, but it really it fits better on this album uh, than it would have the last one. And uh, and we kind of redid it. We kept it traditional, but we did a little bit more of that R&B vibe with the, the heavy bass line and, and the guitar instead of all the strings like uh, the original. And uh, it's just a, it's a fun song to play, and whenever I play it, we, we medley it with, uh, actually, we medley it with Amazing Grace when we do it live. So uh, I, I give my testimony about my asthma, and uh, we play Amazing Grace, and uh, then I hold a note out for a, a really long time, <laughs> and we, okay. we, we finish out uh, Amazing Grace in this church gospel style, and then 
kind of go right into uh, Ed Mass. So it, it segues really nicely. It's just a, a fun song to play that everybody kind of starts dancing to. Okay, we are talking to saxophonist Chris Godber. His new release is called Starting Over, and this is At Last. new release starting over Ugh, nice nice playing there really nice <laughs> thank you <laughs> mm-hmm. thank you and that was uh, Adam Holly on the guitar on that one too oh very nice very nice okay all right Mike you had a question yeah I was going to ask Chris about you know you had mentioned about the uh, you know asthma and things like that but you um, has your your day job you are a respiratory therapist that's correct wow so now, being that you had asthma, did you kind of 
want to do that, or you just say, well, let me go into this because I have asthma and I can help other people with this, or you just kind of, you know, just happen to become a respiratory therapist? Well, and, uh, a little a little bit of both of those. Uh, growing up a military kid, um, when we, I'd get sick, we'd go to uh, the base and either through the doctor or the PA that was uh, at, at the base uh, hospital that day. Um, they didn't have respiratory therapists uh, at, the, at the base hospitals that I'd go to. I didn't even know what a respiratory therapist was. You know, they have a nurse and a PA or a doctor, and, and that was who always treated me growing up. Um, I didn't know what a respiratory therapist was until I had already graduated college the first time around uh, with my two-year degree, and I was visiting my grandmother in the hospital. She had pneumonia, and uh, I was just visiting her there, and this lady comes in to give my grandmother a breathing treatment, and uh, I said, who is that? And, and she said, oh, it's my respiratory therapist. I'm like, oh, I didn't know you could get paid to do that. I've been doing breathing treatments to myself all my life, you know. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and so, uh, um, meanwhile, I, I, you know, I graduated with with my AA, and I had taken a year off to kind of figure out what I wanted to get my bachelor's in, and uh, and and so uh, that was that kind of came at the right time. And um, so I talked to the, the respiratory therapist and asked where she went to school and and, uh, and how long it was and all this and that. And uh, <laughs> she said, oh yeah, I got it right here. And Gulf and our Gulf Coast State College, and I said, "Oh, I never even knew about the field. You know, you hear about nursing, and that's the, mm-hmm. the glorified medical, but there's so many other, you know, uh, ultrasound tech, uh, and then radiology, and and uh, respiratory therapy, uh, physical therapy, PTA. There's so many different fields, and uh, and and so I said, well, that makes sense. Being with my asthma, I can relate to the patients, and and uh, that works. So so I went back to school and." <laughs> another two years and knocked that out and uh, I've been doing it ever since and uh, it just makes sense because we work 12-hour shifts so I can work uh, even full-time and three days a week and it still allows me to do my music on the weekends uh, and as often as I need to they're very flexible they, they know what I do and uh, and they're, they're they're proud of me and support me with with my music and uh, thankfully I'm able to get off whenever I need to uh, to go play so it worked out really well. I saw your post on your Facebook page about the card that they gave you after your performance at Seabreeze. I thought that was really nice. Yeah, that was uh, plastered on the door. The big wall poster they put on the door when I came back to work uh, to the office. I'm like, wow, that was really cool. Uh, one of my fellow RTs came up with that, the official Seabreeze poster, and uh, they had it laminated and everybody signed it. It was really neat to see, see their support when I came back. <laughs> oh, that was nice. That was nice. Now, um, I read a, a article um, about a disease called saxophone lung. Had you, have you ever heard of that? Um, I, I haven't read read a, a, a lot of it. I've, I've heard people talk about it, um, but yeah. I, I haven't read much about it really. Yeah, I, n- I never heard about it either. They were doing a case study on this man um, who, well, first of all, saxophone lung is an inflammation of lung tissue. Um, as a result, a mold that collects over time in woodwind instruments. And this mm-hmm. guy played the clarinet, and he had not cleaned his clarinet in 30 years. Oh, so wow. he was coughing and wheezing and all of this, and he right. went to the doctor. And eventually they found out it was due to he, he had not cleaned his clarinet. That's why he had the problem. And once he cleaned sure. it, then he was fine. I was like, wow. Right. Yeah. It yeah. Was, uh, well, and, uh, and, and really, we see a lot of cases uh recurring uh bronchitis and and, and uh, especially people with COPD that just stay in this uh constant uh, COPD exacerbation stage um when they get well they go home from the hospital 
they go back home and then they get sick again and they're back to see us within a week. Like, what's mm-hmm. causing this? And, and a lot of people, you know, don't don't realize it, but, you know, mold and mildew, <laughs> you're breathing that in, you're breathing those spores, it irritates it. And some people have yeah. uh, mold growing in their uh, their air conditioning units. And, uh, you know, from water leaking and it just grows uh, mildew and mold. And, and um, when that AC kicks on, it kicks it all throughout the house. And, uh, and so people need to get that looked at uh, if they're having mm-hmm. reoccurring uh, breathing problems um, when they go home. I had that growing up as a kid, uh, and that was I stayed sick. And I was in base housing, and then they found out we had black mold in our air conditioning unit. So they had to come in mm-hmm. and uh, move to a different different house, and then stop that. Um, but yeah, wow. it's a very similar situation. Um, I'm I'm very OCD about keeping my stuff clean, including my horns. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. That be a problem. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's definitely uh, could could be a nuisance. <laughs> mm, okay. Um, Joe has a comment uh, about last um, at last. He said that that track is almost better than the vocal track. Oh wow! <laughs> oh wow! Well, thank you, yeah. thank you. Uh, I I definitely appreciate that. You know, uh, I give my nod to to Edda James for uh, for doing what she did with that, and uh, so there's been a there's been a lot of great covers. Beyonce's done um, done that, and uh, but you know I, I hadn't hadn't really heard a lot of sax versions, and I just love to play it uh, live. So I thought I would share that with everybody on the CD. All right, very good. All right, the next song is Chill, another favorite of mine on this CD. Tell me about Chill. Yeah, this was just a. A laid-back vibe, another one of my one-word titles, um, <laughs> and uh, it, it's uh, just a just a nice laid-back groove we we came up with, uh, a hook for another one uh, Caleb and I wrote together, and it ended up being uh, the second single we picked uh, for the for the release. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we just decided to call it call it chill, just because that's just the way it feels when you're listening to it. Oh, it's so good! It's so good. This is chill.
Uh, I love that song. It's so good. That is so good. That is chill. <laughs> I love that. Thank you. Oh, Joe has a question. He wants to know, did he ever consider uh, playing the flute? I can imagine he would sound great on the flute. His vibrato is awesome. Uh, well, thank you. Now, I, um, I've been thinking about it lately that I should try taking it up. Um, there's a lot of similarities in the fingering uh, on flute to, to saxophone, and that's why a lot of sax players double on it. Um, that of course the blowing into it is a lot different. I, I always had trouble when I was younger. I tried it tried it once, you know, um, uh, just blowing the whole blowing across the coke bottle type of uh, thing with it. But uh, I, I thought about picking it up, and I may dabble uh, with it just a little bit, see if see if I can get the hang of it. Um, but uh, so soprano sax is, is one of one of my favorites, and that's what made me want to play. So, you know, I definitely play that. A lot of sax players start with clarinet, but I jump mm-hmm. straight to saxophone. Um, but uh, but flute I may pick up later on. Okay. All right. Okay. I have a, a scenario question for you. If you had the opportunity to talk to and play with Bill Clinton, Candy Dolfer, or David Sanborn, which one would you choose and why? Hmm. I'm going to pass on Clinton. Um, <laughs> and I, I would probably pick Candy Dolfer. Um, just because I think our, our playing styles are, are, are more similar than, than mine and Sanborn. Um, so I think, uh, I think we would mesh uh, pretty well musically. So I would probably, probably pick to uh, do, do it with her. Okay. All right. Now, Clinton is a mean sax player. That man can play saxophone. Yeah, yeah, I've heard. I've yeah. heard. Oh, yeah. He's really, really good. Really good. Okay, but Candy Dolfer. All right. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah. All right, then. All right, Mike, you have any more questions? No, uh, no, not right now, no. Okay. <laughs> All right. So now you've already told us where you're going to be playing next. You're in Jacksonville, Florida on May 27th. Yeah, and then, yeah, playing that in a couple of weeks. And uh, this next week uh, I'll be in Tampa. All right. So if you're in the Florida area, um, he's going to be at the Tampa Bay Jazz Festival on May 14th. If you don't already have a ticket, Hey, you might want to consider getting one and going to check out Chris Gobber um, and then picking up his latest release, Starting Over. Really nice. Really nice. All right, so Chris, let everyone know where they can find you on the web. My official website, uh, Uh Also, I'm on Facebook, Facebook slash Chris Godber Music. And all my music is also available iTunes, Amazon. CD Baby, and if you'd like an autographed copy, you can order that straight off my website. All right. There you go. All right, so I'm going to close the show, Chris, with Soul Searching. Um, tell me about okay. this song. Yeah, this is one of uh, one of mine that I, I, I wrote, um, and uh, this is one I had shelved for a little while, uh, for, for a few years, and so I got up with Caleb, and, and we put the, the magic juice on there and made it, made it sound the way it does now. <laughs> but you know, uh, this is something we have to do from time to time. I think everybody does is mm-hmm. do a little soul searching <clears throat> and just uh, just kind of review uh, things, ponder, uh, meditate on, on on life, and uh, and so that's what this song is about. Just doing some soul searching. All right. Well, thank you, Chris, for giving Mike and I an opportunity to speak with you. Well, Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, well, that's oh, what this pleasure. show is all about. You know, trying to give exposure to artists like yourself and, you know, so that the fans can find out about you. Yes, thank you. you know, it, should, it shouldn't take 10 albums and, 
10 years, you know, for artists to be, you know, exposed to the fans like this. But apparently that's the way that the genre is set up. But uh, like I said, man, uh, I think you have a, have a bright future in this genre. Like I said, I you know, hope that you keep going, definitely. Well, thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate the support and the exposure. I appreciate it. Oh, not a problem. And I have one more review I want to read before I let you go. This one is from Jonathan Widran from SmoothJazz.com. He says, bringing a refreshing sound with a distinctive gospel R&B twist to the genre, Godber is a master at weaving addictive melodies on soprano and tenor with funky driving grooves. So again, that is saxophonist Chris Godber. His latest release is called Starting Over. Definitely check that out. And um, support his music and go check him out at his shows. Thanks again, Chris. Thank you guys so much for having me. All right. All right, Mike, anything going on in your area? Um, Nothing going on. Nothing exciting, Terry. No, nothing at all. Okay. (laughs) All right. (laughs) All right, then. Joe from Germany, thank you for hanging out with us, as always. Always love having you with us. Uh, Again, I was a third member of the team, so, you know, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yes, yes, he is the third member of the team, along with uh, Wanda, who's the fourth member, and yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, I'm going to close the show with Soul Searching, Soul Searching from Chris um, CD, starting over. My name is Terry. You've been listening to Talking Smooth Jazz with your host, the Jazz Queen, and Mike Reynolds. And we look forward to talking smooth jazz with you again next time. Happy Mother's Day to all of the mothers out there. Have a fabulous day tomorrow. And this is Soul Searching. Have a great day, everyone.
Thank you for listening to Talking Smooth Jazz. Please visit our website, TalkingSmoothJazz.com and Mastermind-Entertainment.com. Join our Facebook fan and group pages and follow us on Twitter at Jazz underscore Queen and The Daily Grind. That's T-H-A Daily Grind.